Sup, Ryan? Sup, Kate? I'm real disappointed with this brownie you fetched me, but I'm real grateful you got it for me. Tell me of, of your disappointment. That's actually not that bad. I was just used to the square brownies, with the frosting on top. Is it the fact that it's triangular that's most, re- upsetting. most upsetting? Is that really what we've come down to? <laughs> I can already tell that you need to be closer to the microphone, so scoot your, scoot your ass up here. I can't fit. I'm really big. All right, I'm here. We have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. What do you want to start with, Kate? Um, well, the reason we weren't here last week is we lost a very dear friend mm-hmm. in a very unexpected and um, tragic way. So, we gave Unrolled a week off. That was the day we found out. Yeah. Um, But grief, you know, there was part of me that wanted to talk a little bit about grief, but I'm still, I feel like we're still, and it's probably different for you than it is for me. It's different for everybody, but I have found that, you know, from my three foot away analysis of grieving, that I am a magnificent artist of um, of uh, denial and mm-hmm. and forgetting and I have really strong mechanisms in my brain that allow me to push that away yeah um, and it's scary because there are times that through this I've really wanted to I've thought that I wanted to feel and then it comes in a wave and I'm like oh Oh, no, I didn't. I wasn't yeah. ready for it to, you know. Um, but it's, uh, to, to me, it's a, a little... It was so unexpected. I don't know that I've... Like, I was just coming in on a regular... Wednesday and I walked in expecting to you know come in here and record the podcast and just like oh this person that I see every time I come into the office is just no longer going to be here um and that's uh And there's just yeah, there's just not really a great way to I find process myself that scrambling to make meaning of it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like my first impulse is, well, what changes am I going to make in my life to honor her, and what, like. What gestures matter and like my, my first, and I think it's kind of a shallow Im- impulse. Like if I yeah. really reflect on it, I'd, um, instead of just letting it be what it is for the time being, I think I'm being really harsh on myself. Actually, it is what it is. But if there's one thing to take away 
for me from how that, you know, she was, she was 24 years old. She was a baby. And, uh, she was fearless and ferocious with her tongue. And if there's one, the thing that made her the most difficult, but that I cherished the most about her was her absolute terrifying honesty. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if there's one thing we can, we can do, it's to try to say ugly things. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. Because um, there was a shortage. There's a shortage. Yeah. Of people, and especially, I think, women that feel comfortable being as... Being as big as she was. And she was a pint of peanuts. Like, just a tiny... Tiny, little, tiny. Little <laughs> massive. She could just... <sighs> you know, and I... I I didn't teach that night because fuck that. <laughs> but I did teach on Friday. And it was like I was right in the denial. You know, I was yeah. in the repression place. And then at the end of class, some something during Shavasana kicked in. And I was like, I have to get people out of Shavasana. But my voice is like, I'm, yeah. you know, I was, I was crying. And I just don't know, like, you know, and I have another friend who's also close with her who did teach and was like, oh, it was so good. I'm so glad I taught. It was so helpful for me to teach during that. I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is. There is no. There's no right answer. But I find myself questioning everything. Like, is it right? Or is it, is it right to not teach? Is it right to teach? Is it like nothing? Long story short, nothing is right. And everything is right. There is like, it's yeah. just you're fucked. Yeah. Um, so that's the place we're coming from. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't listened to Unrolled, hi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Should we put a disclaimer? Don't start on this episode. <laughs> no, we're going to pull it right out of the J playbook of in media rest. Let's start right in the middle. Or personal. <laughs> and he's right to do that. He is. He so is. we're going to do it too and not apologize for it. Yeah. I'm going to take a bite of this brownie. You tell me what's up next. <laughs> I don't know. I think we should start with the word of the day. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Wait till I put this in my mouth. Yes. <laughs> the word of the day is Kate's word that she chose. Um, because I think she doesn't want anyone to use it in a sentence anymore. <laughs> it's a different approach <laughs> to word of the day. Look, it's a word that everyone started using. I hear it everywhere. And the reason I'm bringing it up is I heard I heard it recently on a podcast, but I've heard it all over the place. Yeah. And it's like, I've heard it this year, and it's probably people have been using it forever, and for I'm whatever just reason, noticing <laughs> impactful impactful that is the most inelegant (laughs) word and it's like how do you take the word impact and remove impact from it i know 
impactful. Slap the suffix full on it. It somehow feels so clunky. It's lazy. I get angry when I hear it. It's just such an impactful experience. Yeah, yeah, you have to take it up into the... Into into the adenoids? (laughs) Yes, exactly. You gotta lift that soft palate as far as it'll go. (laughs) And I can get that sucker up Yeah, you can. You know what they say, girl with high adenoids. (laughs) I was gonna try to make a vaginal joke out of being able to lift the roof of my mouth. But I failed. You failed miserably. So, So wait, just for a second. Wouldn't it be nicer to say... It had a profound impact on me. Then I just found it to be very impactful. It sounds like you're like punching <laughs> something. Impactful. Full of impact. Like the action created a full impact. Like, I don't know, like it just doesn't. It's full of impact. It pluralizes impact because you are full. Yeah. Of impact, there's a plurality to it that somehow liquidates it and neuters it. <laughs> Anyways, think about it before you say it. Think about it. <laughs> or write me an email and tell me I'm wrong. Am I wrong? Is that a really useful word to you? Tell me why and defend it. <laughs> and I'll send you a brownie. Yeah. Okay. But not the triangular kind, because we've already established that those are no good. I'm going to try to be grateful for any brownies that I get sent. Oh, that's fair. Is that your moment of magic? (laughs) (laughs) Yes! I forgot. That's going to be my moment of magic for today. Um, The other thing I'd like to bitch about for a hot second. I actually have a moment of magic, but I'm going to save it for when we need to pull ourselves out of a deep despair. Don't you forget. I won't. Okay. Another question to the public about uh, yoga marketing of the self is the call to action to move every day. There's, you know, there was the yoga every damn day, which we beat to death, you know, because I don't know if you're just tuning in. That's not something we care for. Um, Not that we not, not that you can't. Or we don't want you to do yoga every day. It's just like saying it. I don't know. <laughs> it actually erases a day off your calendar <laughs> that you did it. Um, but it's the it's the call to action to move. Find some form of movement or sweat every day. And I don't know. I saw it. and It made me think of you. Why did it make me? Because I think of me. That was almost that was almost <laughs> fun. Well, I was just actually thinking of you, like a picture of what would this look like? Like, what would Ryan do? <laughs> and it would be a picture of you laying down. And it would be like, find time every day to not move. <laughs> you can send that messaging out there. Can I? Yeah. You know why? Why? Well, here's the thing. This, that's my bullshit. I don't want anyone fat shaming me as I send out messages of, (laughs) no, 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 it's okay, be still, but I should. I mean, it, uh... why are we telling people what they should 
do via yoga marketing or fitness marketing. Because you're an expert in what people should do with their bodies and lives. Um, I'm, I'm being... I, no, I got you. I, that, I think that's that's actually a really... Because we, we joked, like, I don't know, probably like 20 episodes ago about, like, the subtext of a lot of fitness marketing being, you garbage. <laughs> you, just, <laughs> you garbage. You garbage. You trash. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but that's the mechanism, is you should be... Still, you should be moving, you should be running, you should be doing, uh, you should be sweating, you should be um, spinning, you should be... And it just... There's gotta be another another way. But I don't, I don't know that there is. Okay, so I'm a human that's deeply interested in how other people eat and spend their free moments and spend their money and what products they buy and like the minutia of day-to-day life. The, the nickels and dimes of everyday moments. I'm deeply fascinated by. Yeah. Not the, what college did you go to? I'm like, I, I'm what like, what do you use? <laughs> and why? Like, just the micro decisions that make up the fabric of somebody's day-to-day life. Yeah. I think, for me, I'm endlessly fascinated by it. Yeah. And so there's part of me that really is interested Um and what people are doing with their lives. And I don't mean in the big yeah, scope yeah, yeah. of thing. I mean like, no, like right now. What are you, like, what, what are you, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? When you go home, do you feel comfortable sitting in front of the TV for a little bit? Do you put on lotion on your elbows? Do you have a different lotion for your elbows? How much do that lotion cost? How, what helped you make that decision? Like how people operate as human beings in that, that minutia. Somehow this links into your hoarding. I don't know how. No, it really does. (laughs) Absolutely. I think it's because I read a poem years and years ago, and I'm embarrassed I don't remember the person who wrote it, but the poem... Actually, no, so it pre-existed this, but I read a poem, and then I was like, oh, I have that problem too. And it, it was an entire poem cataloging what somebody was seeing in terms of how much everything cost on the on the bodies of the people around them. So... It was told first person perspective of yeah. a person sitting in a room with two other people and just describing in detail how much everything cost mm-hmm. that was on their person. I was like, yeah. Not because I I'm judging money or what they have, it's just like it's a endless fascination, like just garbage yeah. minutia. So there is part of me that recognizes that that I think on a larger scale there's a hunger from yoga students to know the minutiae of yoga teachers lives because i think there was a time i know there was a time where there was like a couple teachers that i really looked up to um and i was like i wonder what 
their lives are like. I wonder what the life they're living that I can't see looks like. Yeah. Like, do they shit ice cream? Like, what secrets <laughs> happen in the in the absolute mundanity of yeah of their life? And there's power in that understanding, you know, because I think ultimately there's a hunger to pull teachers down through understanding of their humanity because there's this like false pedestal of it that's constructed both by the teacher and by the industry yeah and i'm not going to get into the whole fucking guru thing i'm talking straight up like no this is just an aerobics teacher that you think is hot shit yeah (laughs) reel me back in why are we talking about this i have no idea you poem hoarding you're interested in micro decisions that people make on a daily basis. Because you were talking about... Uh, oh, telling marketing being about should. should you should be doing yeah. this. You should be so doing that. So I think that. what's happening actually is yoga teachers are smart and they're capitalizing on, this is what I do every yeah. day. This is this is a rule yeah. I have for myself, for my own discipline, for my brand. Yeah. Is to do this. Yeah. I don't know. There's an inflexibility once you start doing that, though. You better do that for the rest of your life or you're a fraud, Yeah, exactly. Huh? Exactly. And that's what, like... There's no... Like, it's disingenuous because, yes, there are things that I intend to do every day that I know are helpful, but there are many, many days where I just, like, forget or fail to accomplish that or fail to do that and sometimes I notice sometimes I don't until like a couple days later when I'm looking back at my week like so for me to like set out any sort of suggestions or rules beyond the people that I'm like yes when I'm working with people one-on-one I'm like hey so this is how I take notes on on my practice. You're welcome to take notes any way you want to, but, like, this is what's really worked for me. Yeah. But, like, as a grander, like, marketing scheme that, like, doesn't... Or even messaging. Yeah, yeah, like, it doesn't doesn't really make any sense. Like, the other day, um... I... It's one of those things where I, like, turned on Facebook and the sound was all of a sudden on on, like, one of the, like, fucking Facebook lives, and it was a yoga teacher that we bitched about on the podcast before um uh and it was some like doTERRA like here's what i do for yes and it was like it was clear that she was like reading out of some some like manual from doTERRA's like black pepper is the oil that uh we use to uh expose the parts of ourselves that we're not not willing to look at what (laughs) i was just like and I was just like, <sighs> where do you have to apply it for that to work? I, and it just, it, it like, it's disheartening is what it is. Cause it's like, why not? There's, there's gotta be other stuff to talk about. <laughs> there's just gotta be other stuff to talk about. Like, Like, instead of, like, me talking about, like, 
some essential oil, like, isn't it far more interesting to sit and listen to, like, Jay talk about the fact that his neck's in pain or, like, you know, we haven't even gotten into this, but, like, until two nights ago, I had, like, severe insomnia for a week and, like, all sorts of shit is, like happening because of that like that i'm noticing in, in my body and my practice like that stuff's profoundly interesting to me and and those are a lot of the conversations i have with people who come into the office is like yeah i've had this really shitty week this 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 happened and i'm feeling this that and the other thing and i've been trying to practice but it's been really challenging to practice like that's and and what if what if someone came into the came into my office and said like exactly that I've been having a shitty week this 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 happened to me I've been noticing my body's all fucked up because of it and I can't you know can't really sleep and what if I was like well black pepper oil <laughs> is the way to go no no it's really disheartening. Um, it's embarrassing exactly it's embarrassing it's embarrassing it's like I'm trying to like this is this is uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to teach yoga and work with people and be a professional in a way that is like (laughs) to the best of my integrity and Everywhere I turn, it's just like, and not that you can't be funny and outlandish and, 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 you know, inappropriate at at times. Like I, I, I don't, this is not about like me saying this is not, we have to be careful that that, that integrity doesn't take us into like really putting ourselves up on a pedestal because we're just other human beings practicing yoga who've been practicing for a while and have thought about it enough that we've, we've developed some skill at, at sharing these, um, sharing what we've practiced with other people. But there's a, there's a limit to the selling shit. Okay. So for me, the way I am able to recently get around just the part of me, I've been reflecting on being critical. Critical. Oh, yeah. Yogis hate criticism. Yeah. They hate it. And I'm like, well, why? And, and, and I started to absorb some of that, you know, like thinking, oh, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't. Who am I to bitch? And then I was like, wait a minute. I'm not allowed to have an opinion just like they are. Yeah. Everybody's allowed to have an opinion. And I just ask that, you know, when I'm engaged one on one with someone, you know, let's engage. Yeah. Let's do it in a friendly way and let's disagree. That's important. The yeah. disagreement is important. But I think one of the things that makes me comfortable with this level of criticism of what we're doing is that I've taken the time to do that critical work on myself. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't do that. And I don't mean that as a as a condemnation. Yeah. And I don't mean it to be mean. I just don't think a lot of like part of my recovery and and before that was absolutely just sort of really looking at all the places I'm an asshole and I know yeah. <laughs> you know like I know where I'm a big old douchebag and I'm aware of that and I have deeply 
I've done that work to criticize and understand myself so that I feel comfortable looking out and being critically engaged with things outside of that. So I'm just wondering if that's just like something that is unique to yoga in the resistance to critical engagement. I I think for some people it is, but then I, I do see some people who... I, I do find or have found in the past to be somewhat critically engaged and then have gone down the, the path of selling shit. And that's mm. more disheartening than like, you know, somebody who's just had a yoga teacher training and, and uh, you know, decides to sell some product as part of their revenue stream can i tie this into something down river yeah what were you're pointing at me and you're pointing at the board but in, indiscriminately which <laughs> which topic would you well, like to <laughs> the reason i, I want to shift to i want to pivot now is because like i get really cranky when you and others other yoga teachers I respect will, will point something out to me on Facebook. They'll be like, look at this fucked up thing that I just saw. And I'll be excited. And I'll be like, well, did you, did you say anything? Did you, uh, did you poke them? <laughs> did you engage in something? Yeah. And the answer is invariably, no, I did not. <laughs> um, my general rule of thumb on Facebook is don't engage. Never engage. And I still, on Facebook, find that to be a really healthy thing. Now, there have been times where I have reached out to people off of Facebook and said, Hey, like, what's going on? Like... I can't think of a specific example right now, but like reached out and and just asked sometimes critically. Sometimes it's just to like, if it's like a really cryptic thing they posted, be like, Hey, is everything okay? Like what's going on? It looks like you just sent up a flare. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And other times it's like, Hey, so I think I want to talk to you about what you posted but you don't like doing that publicly. No, because I don't think it's appropriate. And I don't think it's appropriate for me to do that unless I have a personal relationship with somebody. Or at least a, a relationship as a colleague. Then why are you friends with them on Facebook? Oh, I, I, don't ha- I, like, I hardly have anything on my personal Facebook, so I just accept anybody that... I think you need to question your rules of engagement. You brought it up and you said, am I, should I question? No, no, no. And, and I'm and, questioning. And, and I agree. Like the, the, um, but at the end, at the end of the day, it still would need to be a context in which it was like, Hey, friend, colleague, this is what I got from that. The posts, you've been putting up and I'm a little confused. Is this what you meant? Like, like it still would need, like both parties need to feel like safe with that 
criticism. Otherwise, it's just aggressive for aggressive sake. Okay, but I don't think, oh, it's it's always aggressive to engage in an exchange on Facebook with somebody that you're friends with, but maybe you don't know very well. Like, um, for me, the thing that keeps me from doing it is the energy that will end up invariably becoming just a spigot that doesn't get turned off. And you're just like, oh shit, this is now a three hour project. Yes. Um, that for me is, is the binder that, that may be the subtext of don't engage. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I I can get behind that. So I actually had this come up recently where, um, a yoga teacher that is an acquaintance of mine that I've taught similar studios, the same studio was before, and I respect her. I think she's a lovely human being, and I've heard wonderful things about her class, and we're friends on Facebook. Um, that being said, I have, you know, you know when you get blanket invites to yoga events? Mm-hmm. So... And it wasn't the first time I had gotten one of these from her, but it was, it was probably the second. And it was probably just the stars and the moon were in the right place. But I got an invite to a yoga at the brewery. Um, <clears throat> yoga at the brewery event. And she, she sent it to me. So she, at one point she had had to open up the invite and invite friends. And that requires you to look at your friend list and, and hit invite. Yeah. And a lot of people will just blanket invite. Yeah. But a lot of people actually just go through and they're like, I think this person knows me through yoga. I'll invite them. Yeah. You know, so there's like different modicums of yeah. of uh, involvement in that. But for some reason, it, re- it, it really bothered me because this person, you know, clearly didn't know that... I'm in recovery and, and didn't care to find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I re- and I could And so I decided to Not that you're that secretive about it. No, I'm I'm pretty open about it, but it's like one of those things where if you choose to do an event at a brewery and then blanket invite people that you might not know are in recovery or not, yeah, yeah, yeah. shame on you. Yeah. If you you know, if it had been like a <clears throat> You know, a, a, a yoga, yoga in a the yin park. yoga in the park. Like, invite whoever the hell you want. Yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah. This was a very specific... No, I'm very triggered by yin yoga, Kate, so I... I know. And then it's like, well, am I being... Am I being... Am I being too harsh? Um... <sighs> no, but I think what you sent... Do you have what you sent? Yeah, I gotta find it. Um, the res- the the message that you sent to this person, I think, was totally respectful. Okay, so I'm gonna try to find it because actually, what I realized is now, from this point on, whenever I get sent an invite to one of these events, <clears throat> um, whether it's someone I know or I don't know. I'm going to um, reply, and I've already got it. I've already, I've already gotten it written down, mm-hmm. which is nice. Okay, you found it. Yes. Okay. So 
this is, and please, anybody out there that's also in recovery or feels this way about um, getting invited to things that are dangerous for you, for whatever reason. Although that's an interesting concept right there. Just (laughs) Just a heads up. Well, I said her name. Hello, blank. Just a heads up. I'm in recovery and teach yoga for addicts. I appreciate the mass invites, but please don't send me ones to breweries. I'm interested in what you are up to, but I don't mix my yoga with alcohol. Lots of yoga teachers invite me to this kind of thing. You aren't alone. And I used to not say anything, but I've decided to start mentioning it to yoga teachers I respect. I think yoga should yoga teachers should be aware of how much their audience are likely quietly struggling in recovery or affected by alcoholism. Do keep me in the loop for the rest of your workshops slash events. Um, and her response was was short and sweet. And it was thank you for your openness and honesty. I'll keep that in mind for the future and hope to see you another time soon. Yep. Um, which I thought was courteous. She could have said more. I thought it was a private. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the key. Like I didn't put it on her event. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because that would be like me taking a hot dump in the middle (laughs) of her event. And then she'd have to decide, well, do I just delete this and do another one and hope she doesn't. Yeah. So I just, I did not take a hot dump on on her Facebook post. (laughs) But I I did send a message because come on. Yeah. Come on. No, but I think that that was a perfectly appropriate thing to do. But it was also personal. Like, yes, it was in the context of, like, you might also want to think about, like, there are other people practicing yoga and other yoga teachers who are really affected by by this. But at the heart of it, it was like, I don't want to mix my yoga with my alcohol. Whereas the post that we saw the other day with the gentleman in arm balances um, and uh, and previewing his sequence and saying that this class was going to be all about the spleen. Wait, so this was a post with somebody in arm balancing talking about spleen work? Yeah, saying that the sequ- this part... This was clearly, like, part of what he was about to to do in classes this week and how it was all about the lymphatic system and the spleen. Now, I am totally in agreement that someone can have a real, um, can potentially, a person could have enough developed interoception to feel their lymphatic system and to feel their spleen, um, and perhaps even move from what they feel like could be their spleen, which is a very important distinction. Um, because obviously your spleen does not initiate movement, but as a somatic exercise, you could absolutely try to initiate movement from this particular area, right? Yeah, I just remember an exercise once in class where a teacher was like, point to where you think your lower back is. <laughs> and everyone in the class pointed to a different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, go on. So it's like, there's no, I mean, I can roll my eyes at that, but it's not 
inherently doing anyone any harm. Isn't it? Not to the not to the degree that that the yoga at the brewery could potentially be triggering to somebody, right? Like if we just if we took it on the scale of, <laughs> I think that they're both they're both lazy and irresponsible <laughs> gestures. Not people, but the gestures. Yeah, and both of them are. Yeah. Can we do better? Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. Because I and I absolutely agree. There is there is a deep, um, interesting ability to have an awareness of one's organs while moving through asana practice. There, that is absolutely a really rich way to practice. Um, do I generally teach using that? No, because I, most people are still like. Bone. <laughs> Muscle. <laughs> I'm going to move my bones into this position. I'm going to feel the muscles that are engaged to move me and support me. And that's... And maybe... And that'll do. <laughs> maybe on the layer of the organs, you are certainly feeling the breath. And that's a certainly feeling the layer of organs. Feeling the breath is feeling the layer of organs. Absolutely. Um... But I'm out of a group of 15 people that are coming in for a casual drop-in class. I'm, I'm not really going to ask them to move from anything other than their bones and their muscles. Brian, without having seen this post, it's real hard because my first instinct is I don't... So much of it has to do with the messenger. If that was a picture of Leslie Kamenoff in a in Pinchamayarasana talking about moving from your spleen, first of all, we know that wouldn't happen, but it could. And if it were, I'd be like, oh, oh, maybe. Because you trust... Because I trust Leslie frickin' Kamenoff. <laughs> and he's maybe one of five people I would trust <laughs> to talk about those two things yes. together. So... Part of me wonders if, you know, the the medium is the message. And when it's coming from a source that maybe you're like, I, what, what, maybe you trust them to talk about one thing, the forearm balances, and maybe you trust them to talk about the spleen a little bit. But when you slice those two together, it just, there's a a little bit of a, it sounds like a bravado. I, I just hearing yeah. those two topics spliced together makes yeah. me a little suspicious and also it was a dude right yeah yeah of all the organs by the way of of all the organs <laughs> maybe your lungs for kidneys sure you hear about the kidneys all the time um uh, your intestines. I don't know. I just I was just like that's what caught my eye was I was like, spleen. <laughs> well, it just feels like an unnecessarily pseudo intellectual gesture at maybe yeah. a field of 
and this was this this was the I I actually thought about it. I was like, okay, so what are ways in which I can feel my spleen? And I came up with one, which you're welcome to artfully describe, as I now do it. Okay. (laughs) Ryan is coming to the edge of his metal chair. His legs wider than I'd like. (laughs) He's wrapped one hand behind his back. Be clear about this, because it's only on the left side, so the right arm is behind him. He has his right arm behind his back. It is hooking onto his left elbow, and he's using that to leverage a twist to the right. He's just a gentle rotation. We don't use the word twist in this room anymore. (laughs) Um, He's just rolling his chest open by taking his right hand behind his back and hooking his left elbow. Now, and that hand is pressing into his mid-back, a place where I imagine he imagines his spleen to live. Yes. We don't really know. No, but this is as close as I could. You know what it's... I could imagine it if you were talking about some restorative shapes and you were like, I put my low back on a... You know, I yeah, put yeah. myself in a bolster and I rolled around in this way. It, you know what? Sometimes I think also about the these... When people claim to be able to feel the, the specific layers of organs. Um, I remember this one time that I was in college and I had to go to the emergency room. I was like barreled over in abdominal pain. And they took me to um, Northwestern Emergency Room um, uh, in Chicago. And um, I was like literally not even able to like sit in the chair. I was just like curled up in a ball on the floor. And um, it, it was... It was... Uh, what you would expect to be where you would have pain if you had appendicitis. Um, and so I'm thinking, oh God, I have appendicitis. I'm going to have to have my appendix out, blah, blah, blah. So they take me in finally and they scan me and they had six radiologists come down to look. And they're like, huh, I don't really see the appendix. And they're like, but it's clearly appendicitis. So we'll take the appendix out and, I remember my mom, like, my friends calling my mom. <laughs> she just being like, if you can't see the appendix, it's probably not that inflamed. <laughs> Maybe we don't go. <laughs> Maybe we don't cut him open. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, but that's, that's what I feel that the people that I know that are, have this deep interoception of their organ layer, it's because they've had some serious organic trauma be it cancer be it um you know severe inflammation endometriosis yeah Yeah. like the because and because they at one point felt extreme sensitivity and even pain in that area obviously they have a memory of what of where that is so they can probably intercept even where they're not in pain at least generally where that organ was of course if it wasn't taken out for some reason right so and the people the people that i i know that can really feel that like it's all because they've had had serious medical issues but to Um, be fair maybe this person has maybe this person has but still those people would never walk into a public class 
and and not regardless of the pose be like okay well now we're going to do this whole thing for for the endocrine system because there is now this can go and i don't mean this to be like we we are withholding information i'm just saying it is really helpful to understand how your muscles and bones interact before going into the intricacies of and the subtlety of the organs. Yeah, I disagree with that. I hear you. Um, <clears throat> because I teach a lot about... I, I find my way in class to talking a lot about, like, guts. Ascending well, and descending calling. Because I feel them, and I'm intimately... And there's, like, a couple of shapes and a couple of things I'll do with that. Except, where I'm okay with introducing it, that layer of organs for me. I think... If you were going to I totally get that with the intestines and with the digestive organs generally um, and I do talk about them but more just as a it's not specific. I want people to be aware that there are fucking organs in there, right? Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm not denying that to that that there are organs and that there are the organs on the left side of your abdomen are not exactly symmetrical with the right side. Like, I will talk about that, but I'm not. It's still we're not moving from that. We're in a shape, and I might talk about feeling the tone of the abdominal organs generally but there's still a acknowledgement that we gotta we gotta get people to at least start to feel the gross and we can feel the subtle grossly right and we do like if you have a big meal like after thanksgiving dinner you fucking feel (laughs) what's Mm. going on down in there right like it's uncomfortable, and <laughs> um, but it, it's it's just a pedagogical preference that I think facilitates people being able to practice on their own. Okay, so I hear you, and I think the only place I differ in is when I think about practicing during. Um, my period or during PMS or afterwards, I'm acutely aware of like uterine cramps and pain. Mm -hmm. And for me and and my body, I've also been acutely aware of uh, how slowly or quickly I'm digesting things. And I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm really tapped in as I think a lot of people are to feeling butterflies in their stomach and feeling deep anxiety in their stomach also feeling like constipated or diarrhea like there's a lot of really accessible sensations in the gut area and in and in the uterus that are a common language to some people sure in a way that the spleen is not and the kidney is not so that's why of all it's basically like the belly and 
Um, the lady junk are the quadricep. It's like a super accessible <laughs> organ area. And and I think... But interestingly enough, they're both accessible from the outside. Yes, absolutely. But see, and that's the thing, is like you... There's a difference between feeling that in practice and then making a choice about what you're going to like organize your entire class around. As opposed to you being in a, leading people through a particular class and mentioning a p- possible sensation that Moments. that, that yes. might that, that's a big that's a big difference yeah i'm not teaching a yeah, class yeah, yeah. devoted to, to the ute to the ute yet give yeah. me time i can't wait in my 40s it's coming can't lots wait. of flowers and like i'm just thinking about the marketing of this and there should be a flower and sort of some sort of deer skull coming out of a pelvic girdle sure isn't that already your logo anyway? <laughs> um, Alright, so have we sufficiently... Yes, we have sufficiently... You got me off on a, on a... On a doozy. Where would you like to go next, Kate? <laughs> oh, I was just reflecting for a moment. I think, um... Couldn't tell if you were reflecting or if you were feeling your uterus. Part, yeah, I'm <laughs> burping all the time. This is a really exciting... Officially in the third trimester, and um, burping has been the new thing because of a couple yeah. of things. One is my entire organ structure is completely different than it was before. Yeah. Like, everything gets moved around, and I don't know how. <laughs> and it's different for everybody. So, yeah. like, for some people... The descending colon sort of ends up here. For others, it's sort of a shrink. So it's sort of like interesting. Like yeah. I don't know where my stuff is. And <laughs> the other thing is the so so I've got this less space thing happening. Yeah, yeah. Even though I am a very spacious spacious torsoed woman. By the way, the only time I've ever heard it as a as a flattering remark is in the crying of Lot Forty Nine by Thomas Pynchon, and they. They refer to Oedipa Moss, who's one of the main characters, as she was a very long-waisted honey. And I was like, oh, you always hear about long legs, but never about a long waist. <laughs> Anyways, um, so the relaxin courses through the body and makes everything unstable. <laughs> really in preparation, you know. But one of them is the, the, the sphincter of the esophagus. So sure. even if I hadn't just eaten like all day long, it's like the top of a garbage bag. <laughs> this is a this is a Louis C.K. bit about his anus, but I'm going to use it for my esophagus. So it's just burping all the time. That's great. I can't take myself seriously. I'll be in the middle of like making a very serious point, and then you'll just burp. And just like <laughs> I'll be like talking in class and saying something like I'll be in it, you know? Yeah, and then it's and like. Then... <laughs> Um, um, but I want, that brings me to, uh, an article I read today by Donna Farhi, yoga teachers are not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty old article, I think. Is it? Or is it just somebody was sharing it? Uh, I mean, someone's sharing it, but I, I'm sharing it new, but it's old. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I have read that like multiple times before. Uh, maybe not multiple times. It says May 26, 2015. Oh, so that's pretty old. Um, 
Her whole thing is, we can't do the real work of yoga teachers if we're friends with people, if we're going out for coffee and stuff. And I think that my takeaway from that is, well, we either are at the same quote-unquote level as a therapist. Yes. Or we're not. Yeah. And I say we're not. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But We're going there, but we're not there yet. uh, Even if we were... Like, I don't know the, the, what a yoga teacher is, is such as, as wide a, a swath as what yoga looks yoga like, is, yeah. right? Like you have the person like teaching one class. Uh, a week at the community center can she not go out and have coffee with her um with the people that she just led an asana class for like no that doesn't make any sense whatsoever um and also there's like a I don't know that that conversation is also like um, quickly leads down the rabbit hole to, you know, well, then yoga teachers should never date anybody that's been to their class. And it's like, so what are we supposed to do? Just, what are we supposed to do? How are we, like, you're supposed to meet someone who's never... Been to your class, yeah. Never been to my class, Mm -hmm. somehow. And then say that they're never allowed to come to my class. No, 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 no. It It, it can happen. In my mind, if you met him through your class, and that was the only vehicle of knowledge for them, and I'm not making hard and fast rules, that is more suspect than you um, were dating and then inviting them into your class, because then they're sort of just visiting as, like, spectators. But So so what I'm saying is, because clearly, like, I mean, I actually have... If someone has been to my class or has been coming to my class and, you know, has asked me out, like, I, I do have a conversation. It's like, hey, I'm not actually, like, if you if you want to go down that road, then, like, you can't, like, be in any sort of, like, student-teacher situation for a long while. Like, we gotta, like, stop coming to my yoga class and, like, maybe hang out a little bit and, like, take it real fucking slow. Because I'm very aware of what Donna's talking about and what many other teachers have talked about. And um, and I've said this before, but, like, when um, I met Patrick Yoakum, because he came to my yoga class, um, and then he asked me out, which is, I think... The, you know, another rule that I have is I'm not going to ask somebody out who has been to, or has been coming to my class. Um, uh, but um, but I feel like the there's like two. It's again, it's like it, 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 there's really two strains of conversations that that happen around this. One is the like. Um, 
you basically have to be a hermit to be a yoga teacher. Like, it goes down that road no, really quickly. No, you just quickly. don't shit where you eat, right? And you then, just don't shit where you eat. No, no, no. But this is this is the main conversations that, that, like, we're so high and mighty and so have so much responsibility that, like, we, you know, basically just... Well, other teachers don't date their students or it's frowned upon for the most part. Yes, but then the other the other route of I'm not talking about reality, I'm talking about the conversations that get had in yoga teacher trainings all over the okay. all over the world. Or it's not talked about or like whatever, it doesn't matter. When in reality, it's a just a much more complex conversation. It's a far more complex conversation. Um, and if we even take it out of the realm of relations like romantic relationships, because that gets people all riled up. Yeah. Um, if we just take it in the realm of friendship, though, it's like, when does someone become your teacher? We've talked about this a million times before. Like a million, million times before. And so I want to make it short. But you going to someone's 545 class with 70 other people doesn't make them your own teacher. <laughs> Yeah, in a, how in often do you have way. to go? In how often do you have way. to go to their five forty five class before? And who is the decider? I think it's the student. In so I have a friend, and we talk about this kind of thing frequently because she is my friend. She comes to my class on occasion, yeah. but above all, she is um, she is. I don't consider her my student. I consider somebody her that visits my class. Yeah. You know, and and no, I I'm actually burping. try to think of you're welcome. I actually <laughs> think of most of my students as people who chose to take my public class. Yes. I don't think of them as my students yes. unless I'm working with them privately or uh, they've been coming to my class forever and and we're working together in a slightly different way. There's like another layer of how we work together, and they are like you are my teacher. Yeah, yeah. Which is a really small group yeah. of people, you know. Um. But I was having this conversation with her because she had had an interesting conversation with another teacher. And she was describing an in-depth conversation about how that teacher had taught something. Yeah. And I said to her, Are, were you talking to her as your teacher or as your friend? Yeah. And I think there was like elements of confusion there. Yeah. Because some of it actually boils down to time. Like, I am willing to give my friends yeah. way more time than I am a group of students that I don't... I, it's a limited resource. If yeah. I were to answer emails and go out on coffee dates with everyone in that... That would be... That's more hours than there are in the day. Sure, so but So it I, has to do with capacity. I, I think... I, I think the issue is even less cut and dry than that because there is... Um, like even having this conversation in the way that we're having it in a certain way uh, reinforces the guru-student relationship. I'm thinking of it not from guru-student No, 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 I know, but it, in talking about it in, like, yoga teachers should not have any type of relationship with their... No, it's guild. It's professional versus, like, for example, 
you, a lot of people are not friends with their lawyers because it gets muddy. Yes. Because it's billable hours. So yes. I'm, I, I hear what you're saying, that it is reinforcing that sort of like, but there has to be a boundary purely Absolutely. economically. A- Absolutely. But it's never going to be cut and dry because what are we? Are we fitness professionals? Are we spiritual teachers? Do you get paid by teachers? the class when we're talking about how... This, this is where it gets real simple for me. What are you getting paid to do? What is the time frame you're getting paid yeah. to do it? And what is the expectation? That's when you're on the clock. That's when you are a quote unquote. That's when you are acting in the role of the yoga teacher. Yeah. Should you be yogic beyond that? Of course. But when you step out of that class, you're... I know, but I, m- the thing where this gets, the whole professionalism discussion gets really muddy for, for me is that um, it quickly leaves the realm, because it's yoga, it quickly leaves the realm of um, professionalism, say, like, uh, like a doctor or a therapist would have, and um, goes into, like, Oh, the yoga a yoga teacher should behave this way or that way. Now, certainly there's a boundary, but you know, you see this in really subtle ways of people uh, thinking that you know yoga teachers should eat a certain way or you know, yeah. and I've certainly seen it in terms of um, uh, uh, Where yogic becomes also white, cisgendered, heteronormative. Yeah, like totally. That got said in my teacher training. You're not a yogi until you're a vegan. <laughs> that got said by Who somebody said I paid money to teach me. Who you said that? You are not a yogi. You are not truly a yogi. I know who said it. <laughs> until, and it might have been vegetarian. Yeah, yeah. But I think it was vegan. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so yeah, you're right. There's a purity thing you're talking about. Yeah. And, and so it's, all I'm saying is no one has had this conversation well, because it comes down to the fact that what, what we're actually good at as yoga teachers is forging relationships and navigating those relationships. Like that's the skill, um, to a certain extent, um, is because we're at yoga is partially looking at relationship, whether we're talking about between two people or we're talking about looking at interdependence so like i'm not gonna just treat you do you want to be treated by your yoga teacher as the like random pcp that you had to go sometimes yeah actually yes like i i I think if i put on my renee hat i don't go to renee's class for the interpersonal connection that she provides there's thirty thousand people in that class i go to her because she teaches asana a very particular way Okay. She's rare, though. A lot that's, of other people are doing different things. That's fine. But it's like, to me, it's like, so I'm, I know that there is a certain professional and, and sort of mentor-mentee boundary between me and Tom. That's there. That's established. Now, he has certainly said that he would hope over time that the scope of that would become more collegial as, as it yeah. shifts from me learning what he has to teach me to practicing what he has to yeah. you know what i mean um but i have no doubt that he cares for my well-being and supports me and that i care for his well-being and support him 
which is different than the prof- the professional boundary necessarily of a psychotherapist or a or a doctor or a lawyer or a lawyer. Well, it depends on. What's, it de- I mean, it depends, it depends on the on unique relationship. There. Yes, totally. And that's all I'm saying is that you can't just have a conversation devoid of devoid of the actual two people who are in because some people are really good at. Some humans are really good at, like, having an agreement about boundaries. And other times you're in relationships with people who are not good at having an agreement about boundaries. And and that's where we get in trouble. is because, for the most part, things go smoothly. Yeah. For the most part, there's an understanding and gradients of attachment and reflection yes. and connection. Yes. And, there's, and all of it is unspoken because that's yeah. the human animal. But there are outliers that happen frequently enough that the conversation is necessary. And that sucks, you know, because there's always the person that's like, I am going to come out of left field and I am going to suck you dry. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, you know, the person that doesn't realize that it's totally okay to, like, have a, yeah. a quick chat after class, like, and, yeah. and talk about, you know, yeah. your dog. Like, yeah. it's fascinating, you know, and, and as in any field, you always have to decide for the outliers, yeah. Because they can scramble it and confuse things for... And this gets back to... The but, outlier, both the teacher yeah. and the outlier, the student. Yeah. We're fucked. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. Can we talk about my interesting conversation? On Grinder. Yes, Grindr. please. That feels like a really good segue. <laughs> I was like, we can't leave that till next week. <laughs> All the other stuff we can leave till next week. Um, so I... Um, had a really long-winded philosophical conversation on Grinder. <laughs> that wasn't a gasp. That was indigestion. Fair. Um, Tell me all about it. Uh, so, um, normally, conversations on these apps don't really fucking go anywhere for me, because usually the response is something to the effect of um, insert typical euphemism about yoga here. Oh, you must be so flexible. You oh my could... god, that's really funny. I've never heard that before. <laughs> um, and let me just say to everyone out there, if you come Ryan's up not. <laughs> with... <laughs> I'm not, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, you couldn't come up with something more clever? Like, if you came up with just, like, I'm all for bad puns and... and it, <laughs> like, if, if you were just clever about it, I could, I could let it go. <laughs> But when but it's lazy. When it's lazy. I'm like, nope, not happening. So anyways, um, turns out uh, uh, this guy is getting a degree in Buddhism. And he's like, and he had the similar, uh, where most people are like, oh, that's interesting. And then they just like change the topic and run away. Um, and I was like, oh, that's funny because I'm... A Buddhist. <laughs> and so we had a conversation about schools and then he was like, you know, I really actually have a problem with the fact that you're using the word practice in reference to yoga and Buddhism. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Tell me more. Yes. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> and he's like, um, so this, I'm not going to get too deep down the rabbit hole of, of uh, uh, disagreements amongst different schools of Buddhism, but there is an idea um, throughout many different 
schools and subsets of Buddhism that's not necessarily uh, 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 attributable to one uh, country or culture. Um, in fact, I, I feel like there's a, a, some aspect of this in every country that Buddhism expanded to, where the notion of practice, of formal practice, is sort of eventually frowned upon, because it's like, if you're already, if Buddha nature, if bodhicitta is inherent in all beings, what the fuck are you practicing? Like, what is there to actually do other than just be? And, and so then I was like, well, I mean, I totally get that. Totally am on board with that. But I find great benefit in sitting down and shutting up. And when I sit down and shut up, I notice a number of things, one of which is that my body's got some aches and pains. And so then I, after I'm done sitting, then I address that suffering very directly and in a very relative way. And he's like, oh, I have no problem with the activity. I totally get you there. But the word practice implies that there's something to get. I love that. That there's something, that there's some desired effect. And I was like, oh. It really does. I mean, I don't know that it has to. I mean, we're, I think we're talking about, like, being able to hold the sort of absolute and relative. Because on a relative level, like, if I'm feeling anxious and I sit down and shut up and I'm able to, to through using whatever technique I want to, relieve that aspect of suffering on it even just temporarily or uh uh what's the word i'm looking for um incrementally on a, is that what i mean yes okay yeah, i think so um then there is an effect there is a, i'm saying my intention is to relieve this particular very relative short-term suffering and i think that's okay and is not doesn't necessarily need to be prescriptive, which is the danger of it. Um, but the reason why that works is because of the realization of something more transcendent, like bodhicitta or essence or whatever you... So the... To, you have to be able to, yes, hold this idea that there is something, uh, that the body has an innate intelligence, that you have an innate Buddha nature or essence or whatever, that you can just realize on the spot. And then you have to deal with the shit in your life that's happening moment to moment, day to day. And you can't separate the two. But formal practice is helpful to both remind yourself of the transcendent and to remind yourself that you can actually do something skillful about the shit that's going on in your body or your mind or your... Like that you, you can actually have an effect one way or another by practicing something. And the hope would be that the formal practice allows you to, like, 
you know, when you're having a difficult conversation or, or making dinner that you can sort of relax back into the fact that like, oh, bodhicitta or essence or whatever your conception. Or the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Spirit, precisely. Okay, hear, hear all that. I think this is an interesting fella. Are you going to see him? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. Tune in next week. <laughs> um, I, I also am interested in the fact that the word practice in other modalities signifies readying for performance. Yes, that is the, that I the linguistic problem. I agree is an issue and one that I'm going to contemplate, which is a form of practice. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, you know, when I think about it, I don't use, personally, I, I haven't, I don't use the word practice all that often. I'm going to go do some yoga. Actually, that's what I say. Like, I was just trying to yeah, think, yeah, what, yeah. how do I refer to what See, I do? See, and then the interesting thing is, is my, that word is in, was ingrained into me well before yoga was even a thing. Practice. Practice. I'm going to go so practice my sex form. Yep. Yep. Practicing for plays. Yeah. Practice for sports. Yeah. Um, readying. It's readying for war, for performance, for competition, for achievement, for collecting, for accruing. It's hunting. It's the prep. It's the prep. It's the prep work for the hunt. But you know, other words. It's it's examining. It's thinking. It's moving. It's becoming familiar with aspects of yourself. It's as my teacher would say, bringing the uh, unconscious to the conscious. No. It's, yeah, that's all. What can sit inside the container of the word. Sure. But it's not... I don't think it's so... Practice itself is just the energetic repetition in preparation for blank. Except I don't think that it's necessarily in preparation for... Then I don't think we have the right word. Then what is the... I don't think do yoga is the right word. No, I don't think it is either. It's totally sloppy and imperfect. And I don't think meditate or... No, I don't know what the right word is. I don't know yet. But there is a better word. And it just might not exist yet or we don't know it yet. But maybe that's... We should just make up one. Someone throw together some syllables and <laughs> give us a word. I, I do think that's it, though. Like, I think practice came close enough that people yeah. were like, fuck it. Yeah. It's close enough. But is that... I'm not going to dedicate my life to finding out what the word is. No, I'm not either. But I just thought that, that it was funny that that arose out of... <laughs> <laughs> out of a good grinder chat. That is awesome. You know there's going to be someone out there that's like, oh, he's on Grindr. He's totally not yogic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there is. And you know what? If you have that thought... Email you me. guys e- Email Ryan. Email us. And I and you might have some more. You know, we all have work to do. And you just yeah. have more. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to live my life, guys. That's just... <laughs> Trying to live my life and have a social life. <laughs> I'm failing. You're just trying to be like an honest human? Yeah. So next week we're going to talk about the new Lululemon marketing campaign. We're going to talk about... You know we're not going to remember to talk about No, I'm going to write right? all this down and then okay. I'm going to lose it. Um, we're going to talk about uh, an interesting story wherein someone sent an email to Ryan... Or to the studio, rather. Yes. And they had some real strong opinions on a class they took because they were fresh out of teacher training. So, let's talk about the fault 
of the interesting potential for fault being on the school that educated this person or the person themselves. Um, and I want more details about what they what they said. Sure. You don't have to tell me whose class it was, but I want yeah. to understand what their critiques were. Um, we're going to talk about non-competes because they've done a short special on both NPR and the New York Times. Yes. I don't know what else Teaser. we're talking about. Teaser? Teaser, pleaser, rocker, shocker? Fuck non-competes. <laughs> Teaser! Fuck non-competes. <laughs> um. All right. In the meantime, send us emails. If you have thoughts, we love to hear them. Haven't gotten a review in a while. Have we? No, we haven't. If you got a second. Give us the review. Give us the review. Um, I'm going to work real hard to get that Patreon page up at some point. So we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll post about it on our nascent Facebook page and, and Instagram when you can support us through there. But in the meantime, the donate button, if you have, um, if you enjoy or uh, love to hate listening to us on a daily, on a daily, if you hate on a weekly, to us, yeah. <laughs> on a weekly basis, uh, and you want to uh, send some uh, any small amount our way uh, to help support some of the some of the costs. Yoga crush, she's going on hiatus because she's pregs. <gasps> I don't know. I thought. <laughs> okay. This has uh, been unrolled. This has been unrolled, and I'm sorry I'm disgusting. I'm not sorry. Uh, hug the ones you're with and take good care. Bye. Bye.